Youth ministry can always use some big ideas. Ideas that are faithful to relational ministry, but also provide some crazy, fun, and life-giving resources for youth leaders, youth in leadership, and the church. Now that's religion. This is the Big Ideas in Youth Ministry Podcast. Your source for information, discussion, and feedback in youth ministry of all shapes and sizes. Now, here are your hosts, Michelle Thomas-Bush and Cliff Haddocks. Welcome to episode number five of the Big Ideas in Youth Ministry podcast, a podcast for the church as we seek to be faithful to our ministry with and for young people in all settings and in all sizes. And Michelle is on the road today. She is out and about. I am. I'm at APSI. You're at APSI. And you've got friends. I do. I do have a few friends. Well, what I mean is, of course you have friends, but I mean, you have friends to join us today. Exactly. Shelley Donaldson, who is at Fourth Presbyterian in Chicago, is joining us for some great conversation today. We, um, I asked Shelley to be here to have some conversation that's important for all people in youth ministry about um, gay, lesbian, transgender youth and how we can be more hospitable. So that's the focus of our conversation today. Thank, welcome, Shelly. Thanks. Thanks for having me again. This is time number two, I think, isn't it? Yes. So you were on the initial zero. Yes. You, you're on the great experiment. And then now here we have right. you again. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. So, so, so. We'll pay you double what we paid you for the first time. That's right. Oh, that's so. so exciting. Hey, Cliff, I paid her well the first time, so don't promise that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, oh I, I was going to say double of zero is still right. zero, yeah, but... Awesome. Uh, All right. So let's get down to the real question that I think most youth ministry people have is what do you do on youth group trips and retreats and conferences when you have a gay or lesbian youth? I think we probably have transgender youth in our groups or in our churches, but right now this is, I think, the pressing question for people. So, Shelly, what do we do? (laughs) Well, there's no one answer, unfortunately. I wish there was just, like, one way to do this and anybody could do it. so first off, a lot of people will say, just use separate rooms. Yes, I heard that recently, Cliff. Somebody told me, just get private rooms for every youth. Yes, and that <laughs> that, is, that gets that, expensive. That <laughs> takes away all of community, too. It does. And also, um, now if you're at a large church like some of us are, right. that might be an option. Um, but that's actually, even for those of us in large churches. My kids churches, would revolt. Yeah, my kids would revolt. They'd think I was I had lost my mind. Exactly. Um, you know, if you're somewhere at Montreat and everybody is in assembly in rooms, that's something. But that's expensive and yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't do that. I put people on the floor there. So oh, exactly. We cram those kids in. Um, so my number one go-to thing, and we practice this um, with our lock-ins and our retreats and trips, is um, we... St- I like to stick everybody in one big room. I try to find the biggest room I possibly can and everybody goes in there. I love that. And, um, and it gives that sense of community still. And we have rules of how far apart everybody has to sleep. Regardless of gender, regardless of gender, any of it, you have to sleep this far apart. So the joke that I always tell the kids, you know, I'm like, leave room for Jesus or leave room for me. Oh, that's good. And so Mm. I'm like, Jesus might've been a really skinny man. You should leave room right, for me. Right. And I also need to be able to roll around in between you. <laughs> and so, so it, it actually works really well. So we'll have kids that, you know, maybe they want to sleep near their buddy or something like that. And that's totally fine. 
whether your buddy is of the same gender or not as you, we're okay. And with it doesn't that. matter what your sexuality is. Exactly. Everyone is there together. What about Cliff at your church? That's a smaller church. How would your parents react to that? If you were all in one room? I, I, I don't know how that would go over. Um, we definitely, I mean, we've been on mission trip. We went to Raleigh youth mission last year and it was all in one room, but all boys in one room and all women in one yeah. room. And that was all open floor plan, and but there was no questions about homosexuality, transgender. Exactly. That didn't come and, up for us. And I think that's not a bad thing to say. The rule no. still applies. We've done that. We did that at Asheville Youth Mission. We've done that on other trips that we've been on. And for any of our youth that um, are either gender non-binary or are transgender. Okay, say, explain what that is, just in case. <laughs> yes, yes, use, use, ex, Shelly, explain like I'm five, as they say on Reddit, explain like I'm five. So gender non-binary essentially means somebody that does not recognize themselves or does not identify with what we would consider to be typically female or typically male. So somebody who doesn't necessarily identify with a gender that our social constructs, norms have said you're either male or you're female they may right. identify somewhere in between there right. um, or they just don't identify at all. So sometimes um, those folks will use um, uh, language for themselves, such as they, them, they won't use her or him, but they'll say they, them. So when I'm talking about somebody, I pull up my Southern, my Southern accent and I just talk about them as a person. Or we ask, what's your pronoun of choice? Exactly. So Shelly, what's your pronoun of choice so that when I speak, Exactly. My pronouns of choice are um, female pronouns. She and her are great for me. Um, I'll answer to y'all. It's always a great yep. response because I'm not saying you guys. Right. I'm saying y'all. I'm saying everybody. I don't prefer, I don't really like you guys. I don't like ladies. So Exactly. But the feminine pronouns work for me too. Exactly. So, um, so that's what I mean when I say gender non-binary. Um, and it's okay for folks um, who identify that. It's okay to ask, um, even if somebody... Um, you know, might present as female, it's still okay to ask um, as long as it's always done in a loving spirit and a genuine inquiry. And spirit. it's done to everybody. Exactly. It can't just be one person. It's got to be a blanket statement. So for youth gatherings, we always say, what's your, you know, tell us what's your gender, not gender identity, but what's your, what are your pronouns today? And we'll just go around and say them really quick. It takes five minutes and we're done. And we, sometimes people mess up, but you say, sorry, let me try again. Um, or you just fix yourself. So um, so yeah, so when we've got, um, instances where there's just say two rooms, one for girls, one for boys, what we'll do is, um, those youth that, um, might identify with one gender over another, or might be more comfortable with one over another, that's where we let them choose to go. We let them self-select. Um, and yeah, it is when, when you're talking about like how that would go over with your parents, um, that's another piece that has to be considered is that it's not just about talking to our LGBTQ youth and our non-LGBTQ youth. It's about talking to the parents of right. those non-LGBTQ youth um, exactly. because they're part of that community. And so, so really, there's five conversations to be had. Queer youth, non-queer youth, parents of queer youth, parents who um, do not have queer children, and I use queer as sort of an all-encompassing word for LGBTQ here, and um, the final conversation is a community conversation with your whole congregation. So for youth workers, those are five really important conversations we have to have. It's not just about that one or two youth that might come out to us. Where at, in most cases, we'd rather not have any of those conversations, exactly. and we'd like to just try to smooth it all over and do uh -huh. this the easiest way possible, but the conversations 
include education. Exactly. And so you have to be able, I get, I get a lot of um, pastors in like, for instance, the Chicagoland area that will call me or email me and say, I just had a youth come out. Can you give me some resources? My first response is you're the first resource. Exactly. The first thing you need to do is say, is remind them you are loved by God and you are loved by this community. Um, and you are the first, you're the first point of contact. And so you have to be that first resource. And then, um, the other thing we try to do is to say, don't just go to books because everybody, you know, those of us in theological work, we love going to books. I love giving um, books. I oh, like yeah. receiving books. Books are great. Yeah. My kids are over getting books from me, but right. I'm still going to do it. Right. <laughs> but there's a lot of great websites like um, Minus 18 is a great website out of Australia and that they work with transgender youth and they really work on pronoun usage. But that's um, helpful. There's a lot of great um, different websites that you can go to um, that have basic tools and information. And the other thing we tell parents and youth workers is go and check out LGBTQ culture and media. So, for instance, there's this new um, website called Them, and it's just www.them.us. And it's easy got, to remember. Yeah. And it's got media things on it and it's got articles that pertain to people who are in the LGBTQ community that we would read, but they're accessible to anybody. So, you know, it's a, it's a great way to help break down the stereotypes parents or adults may have. Right. Um, but so going back to what you were saying about having a smaller church and maybe it's not possible to put everybody in one room and they would want separate rooms. Um, one of the other great things that I have done that other churches tend to be really supportive of is if as long as they don't have a sacred cow in their worship, in their worship space, go sleep on a pew. Who doesn't love sleep? Exactly. That's a lot um, of fun. It's the most bizarre and uncomfortable thing you'll ever do. But if everybody's doing it, it's also pretty holy though. Exactly. It's super holy. Like, Who's going to do anything in the in a in a church like in that? They space quiet down like, pretty easy. Oh yeah, they're just as weirded out as you are sleeping there. All right, but say you're on a youth trip um, where you. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, the youth trip does change it because I've had lock-ins where here, yes, right. we've all slept in the yeah. same room. It, but it's something about when you leave, yes. familiar space, and you start working into oh, we're all going to sleep in this type of setting yeah. and granted the place you're going may control some of that exactly but, exactly yeah but what if you have a retreat where you have separate rooms like you know you have two twin beds in each room and or you have four mm-hmm. people in this room and six people in this room um i think there are several options for that yeah but we've done you know we've when we have gone like to montreat and used um the assembly in rooms we'll tell people like all right leave your door open like leave that door open so right. we know what you're, you know, so we know who's in there and what's going on. Well, and one of the things I've done, and and so help me think through this. Uh-huh. Like, um, if Shelly, you and I are dating, yes. I would not, I wouldn't put us in the same room because I wouldn't put no a male and female in the same room no. who were dating. So I would just say, if there are two beds in a room, we arrange those rooms accordingly. Yeah, and so I wouldn't let my son sleep in the room with his girlfriend or. I wouldn't let if I've got two youth that are of the same gender identity and they're um, and they want a room together. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. You know, we yeah. still don't do that. Um, but that is also a matter of, you know, are your youth telling you that? Do you know them? And what kind of relationship do you have with them? Because, right. you know, it's also on our job to be tuned in. So, for instance, I may have two kids that are dating each other and we're and a lock no in. And I have no idea. And we're all sleeping in the same room. And it's like, look, remember, leave her Shelly. I don't right. care if you're dating or not. 
Yes. So <laughs> that is always a fun surprise that I can remember from various. Yeah. Oh. oh, you find out halfway through the lock-in that a certain couple is dating. Like, wait a minute, weren't you dating right. someone? Oh, oh, that's why they're being so awkward well, in the I, corner. My kids okay. love to share. You know, we have a new youth group romance, uh-huh. and everybody then knows. But our kids, luckily, are just they are horrible at keeping quiet about right, it, right. and it's so obvious. And so I usually can peg it pretty quick. And if I've pegged it wrong, the kids like to make fun of me for it. So right. we always know. Well, here's. Um, um, something I've thought about. If you have a transgender youth or a youth who's on the scale, mm-hmm. not gender non-binary, gender maybe. non-binary, um, then what I've considered is talking to a group of parents to say, you know, Shelly, your daughter, uh, are you okay with her being in a room that's a little bit more gender fluid? And my son is fine being in that room. And this group of parents mm-hmm. agrees to that so that I have some flexibility in my yeah. rooming situation. So so that's a great way to go about it. The only thing I would do differently is um, I'm not going to go to those parents and say, how do you feel? I'm going to say, I'm going to do this. Right. And, I wa- and, and this is going to happen. And if you don't want your kid sleeping in there, you tell your kid not to sleep in there. But, you know, that's also Or you let us that. know ahead of time exactly. that you're not comfortable. Exactly. And so and make it about their child, not about their quote unquote oversight of how the youth group's being. Exactly. Run. And that's how you want to frame that because you also don't want to put those other parents on the spot and you don't want to put that youth on the spot because I've had that happen when I was a young youth director. And just remembering that situation that I put that youth in and that parent in, I will never forget that. And so, so instead of causing a scene and saying, yeah. But couldn't you pick out, like, I know these, you know, seven parents. Exactly. And you can do that. And that is, again, that's part of that relationship. But are you saying there might be a bigger issue that the 27 other parents who didn't get asked. Exactly. You don't, you never know what you're going to start. And so, I mean, you might have parents who are upset that they didn't get to participate in that. Exactly. And so I'm a big blanket statement person. And frankly, if somebody is going to have a problem with that, they're not going to say it to the whole group because honestly, who wants to be that person? Right. They're going to come to you directly. And so the blanket statement, you've already set your, your bar and your boundary. So you're not having to sort of backtrack or anything, but you've said, here's where the bar is at. If you have a problem with it or you're not okay with that, you come to me individually and we'll deal with that, but we're not going to make a public display of this. Well, in this changing culture, I think we have to think about these things and I think they're going to be instances along the way that we face that we're not even aware of yet exactly and it's and that's the reality of all of this is I can say you should do this you should do this and you should do this with your lock-in which we're going to talk about in my workshop and at APSI but um, the reality is, is every church is different Every church is at a different place, and you really have to know your community. You have to pay attention to mm-hmm. it, and that's how you ultimately figure out those nuances. And you have it, to decide for yourself. Again, grow a backbone as a youth leader and say, this is, you know, I think this is what we're going to try to do. And in 10 years, it might be a whole different uh, exactly. landscape of youth ministry. Exactly. I mean, we could even have this same conversation about if you've got a youth who's in a wheelchair. Right. Well, what are their sleeping arrangements? Right. Exactly. How do you make it accessible for them? Mm-hmm. Um, so it really, the conversation really can go a lot of ways. And it, it really is the same conversation then. It's about uh-huh. communication. Uh, it's about welcome. It's right. about accessibility. So it's about so much more than just who is the person that you right. are going to fall in love with. Yes. Which, you know, y'all know me. I have a statement, you know, that there's no dating in our youth group. So that's kind of what we throw it out, that we need mm-hmm. to be better at love in general. Yes. And so youth group's a great place to learn how to love each other as friends 
and neighbors in Christ and we start there. And yeah. so we try to take that dating off the table. Yeah. Or you have to have some really heavy conversation mm-hmm. to say, are we going to date in the youth group? Because there, there are consequences to there that. Are. There are. Uh-huh. There are re- repercussions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Shelly, tell us about your book. Yeah. So I just, um, we, it just came out recently. It's through the youth cartel and I'm really um, pleased and was really happy to help them on this. Um, it's called four views on pastoring LGBTQ teenagers, um, effective ministry to gay, bi, trans, queer, and questioning students among us. Um, and so it's what they decided to do is to take four separate views of how do we minister to these youth. And then we offer rebuttals to one another's pieces. And so, um, And so it's a great resource, especially for um, churches that really have no idea where to start their conversation. I think I, you know, I run in the Presbyterian circle and so great for um, an evangelical church or um, a non-denominational church that's still trying to figure this out of what do they do. And so it gives the different takes from different youth workers um, from all over. And so this is a, a book available now. It is available now. It's available on the Youth Cartel's website. Um, I think it's, um, I know it's done well. I don't even, I don't think it's back ordered, but um, it's fourteen ninety nine. But not Amazon. It's not on Amazon. It's on the Youth Cartel. So it Great. helps us keep the expenses down, but it's um, fourteen ninety nine, And um, yeah, I thought, I think it turned out really well. And that will probably have some information that we need in this conversation yes, as well. Yes, so there's also an index on there of general terms. So it's not a... a terribly thorough index, but it's a basic, here's what we mean, say when we mean straight, here's what we say when we mean gender non-binary. Um, and then we also have a great um, extra piece in there by um, a youth worker um, who agreed to, to join us with this and, um, and really focusing more on transgender students. Great. Um, well, and I think regardless of what you think theologically or mm-hmm. politically or socially yeah. about this issue, it's relevant for youth ministry. Exactly. And we have to at least be paying attention to, to decide how we're going to deal with this because that's what our parents are looking to us and the kids are looking to us to say, well, what do you think? Exactly. So, I mean, so we have to, it's our responsibility to figure this out. Thank you, Shelly. This has been great. Yeah. Uh, conversation. And I me. think this is a, a big idea that we need to talk about in the church. Yeah. I'm happy to talk about this at any time, anywhere. This really is great. And um, I'll also be doing a, a, t- a webinar for the Presbyterian Youth oh, Workers Association, um, talking about um, different terms and things like that based on um, some of the stuff here at APSI. So where is that web- webinar and how can we be a part of that? So that's going to be on the Presbyterian Youth Workers website, so pywa.org. Um, and I believe it's in a couple of weeks, um, sometime in February. It Perfect. may just be in like two weeks. But sooner than you think. Well, you better get okay, working so on it. Check the website out. I think it's a it's ten dollars for non-members, um, and I think for members it's free. But don't quote me on that. <laughs> great, thank you. That'd be good for parents to go to too. Yeah, to and share it'll with be parents. A, it'll be a great time for people to ask a lot of questions. That'll do it for the Big Ideas in Youth Ministry podcast. We want to thank Shelly Donaldson again for stopping by today and taking time at APSI to talk with us. Remember, if you want to be part of the conversation of things that are going on in this podcast, then get involved on the Big Ideas in Youth Ministry uh, Facebook group. We uh, at The conversation you heard today came out of what was being discussed there. So be part of that conversation and be part of the things that we are talking about. You can find me at RevanGeek on Twitter and RevanGeek at gmail.com. Michelle, where can everybody find you? 
Um, I'm on Twitter at RevMTB and on Facebook at Michelle Thomas Bush. And Shelly, where can people find you? Um, I'm on Instagram at SC Donaldson. I'm on Twitter um, at ShellyBT247. And I am on um, writing on my blog on the Traveling Theologian with two L's. Great. And that's a great blog. So stop by there. This has been the Big Ideas in Youth Ministry Podcast. Join us in the Big Ideas in Youth Ministry Facebook group to be part of the ongoing conversation. 